Would you pray with me, please? Father, we heard read in your gospel that those who know you, Lord, know the truth. And Lord, and listen to your voice. Holy Spirit, come now. Give us ears to hear, hearts to embrace your truth on the cross. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. Amen. Despite the fact that we canceled our subscription, an introductory subscription, if you will, to People Magazine a long time ago, it continues to show up in our mailbox. <laughs> and occasionally it's a guilty pleasure of mine, maybe, I don't know, sometimes, most of the time we throw them away. Uh, occasionally I'll flip through the newest one. And a while back I noticed something that was kind of ironic something interesting. And that is that the symbol of the cross appears from time to time in that magazine. Hollywood stars, athletes, and musicians can all be found oftentimes wearing the cross. Some around their necks. Some will have on designer rosaries with a crucifix at the bottom. Some will go and have a cross indelibly placed under their skin in the form of a tattoo. Several years ago, I remember seeing a kiosk at the mall, and one of the things they had, it was kind of ironic to me, they were selling cross necklaces. And if any of you have grazed through or uh, perused through any department stores, perhaps you've seen where they sell crosses in various forms for wall and garden decor. The symbol of the cross has become something cool, and in vogue. And I find that ironic. I find it ironic that the cross is in plain sight, it seems, for many, yet the full and true meaning of it and what it symbolizes is most of the time ignored. See, it's highly doubtful anyone in the first century, at the time of Jesus' earthly ministry and his death that we heard read about tonight, it's doubtful that anybody in the first century would want a cross on the wall of their house. It's doubtful they would want to wear one around their neck or have it placed under their skin. For the people of Jesus' day, the cross was inhumane, horrible, gruesome, and terribly offensive. A very terrible, offensive reality to the people of the first century. Think about it this way. How many of you guys would go over to the mall or somewhere else and buy a charm of an electric chair or a noose and wear that around your neck? How many of you would buy a t-shirt depicting the syringes and required chemical components that are required to carry out a lethal injection execution and then wear that t-shirt to the barbecue or to the party? Maybe to bring it a little bit home closer to recent events, how many of us would hang on our wall some artful depiction of the impacts of Assad's sarin gas or ISIS and its barbaric execution acts? Just pick one. And then proudly boast to our friends, yes, 
I got that on sale last week, 10% off at Hobby Lobby. Such would be shocking, wouldn't it, to our friends? Such would be offensive. It may even be confusing, wouldn't it? But that's exactly the stomach-churning horror of the cross and what it would be for those who watched Jesus die that day. Bring this up on Good Friday tonight as we gather into this bare sanctuary that's been stripped of all the pyramids where everything is black and dark. Hopefully, to appropriately shock us or maybe even offend us out of our sentimentality, our complacency, our sanitized, euphemized, and cool notions about the cross, the crucifixion, and the death of Christ. I bring it up so that we may come face to face with the reality and the depths of God's love, his passion, his forgiveness, and the radical grace that God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit demonstrated for us when Jesus Christ voluntarily provided rescue for the entire human race. When God let a sin-saturated world nail God the Son on a cruel cross. Christ's death was certainly an example of personal sacrifice and self-giving love for us to follow, no doubt. But it's a lot more than that. And Christ's death on the cross, and particularly his resurrection, is certainly the triumph of God. The triumph of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit over all the enemies of God and over all, uh, excuse me, all the enemies of God and humanity. Those enemies like sin, death, and the devil. And we as his followers, even here tonight, we should no longer both claim and live out that victory. And friends, if Christ's death really on the cross was only those kinds of things, it would be kind of easy to wear a cross. Hang it on the wall and see it as cool. If it was just that. If Jesus was just an example to follow, we wouldn't mind putting that on the wall. In fact, we may even celebrate the fact that Jesus was somewhat of a rebel, a guy who was kind of sticking it to the man. He was a revolutionary. But why would we do that? Why, why would that not be offensive? Well, those things are not offensive to this culture. But friends, the cross is not a cool sentimentality, but is, it is an offensive reality. And that reality is this. In Jesus Christ's death on the cross of Calvary, he purchased atonement for and bore the penalties, the shame, the guilt, and punishment of all of our sins. Practically speaking, Jesus Christ's death on the cross is the answer to the question, how can an all-holy, all-true, all-loving, all-good, all-just, all-righteous God forgive unholy, dishonest, unloving, cruel, unjust, unrighteous people? People who are sinners. People like you and me. And being called sinners, that's offensive, isn't it? But friends, that's what the cross is all about. The Bible is clear about this in 1 Corinthians 15, 3. Paul tells us that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. 1 John 2, 2. He, that being Jesus Christ, is the propitiation for our sins. Not ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. 
1 Peter 2, 24, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and, and live to righteousness. 1 Peter 3, 18, for Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God. The Bible also tells us that, yes, the wages of sin is death. And that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness for sins. Friends, the reason the cross is perhaps not offensive today in our world, and even sometimes in the church, is perhaps because we don't see ourselves as being offensive sinners to God. We exalt God's mercy, oftentimes to the exclusion of his justice. We emphasize God's love, oftentimes to the exclusion of his law that reflects the moral character and being of a holy God. Why? Well, the list of reasons could be many, but most of the time it's to reduce our culpability before him. To be seen as merely not just bad people, but just kind of somewhat bad. People who just make mistakes. People who are just a touch off of Mark. But essentially deep down inside, good people. That's your belief, friend. The cross is not a big deal. But that's not what the scriptures say. St. Paul in Romans 3, 10 to 17, we won't cover it all. Tells us. We're all under sin. That there are none righteous. That there are none who understand. That there are none who seek after God. They have all turned aside. Since they have become unprofitable, that there is none who do good, not one. Their throats are open tombs. With their tongues they practice deceit. The poison of asp is under their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet, are shift to sweat, uh, their feet are swift to shed blood. Their paths leave behind a wake of destruction and misery. And that they do not know the way of peace. And then he finalizes that indictment with, There is no fear of God before their eyes. Friends, such is the universal indictment upon all humanity. And yes, that's bad news. And yes, that is truly offensive for friends, there is a problem in this world. The human race in the world is not as it should be, is it? I mean, just look around. How many more examples do we need? How many more people need to starve to death? How many more women need to be raped? How many more people need to needlessly, senselessly die at the hands of other human beings? Beloved, we have all missed the mark. And the Bible calls this missing the mark, sin. And beloved, without Christ and without God's intervention and without the good news of God declaring us righteous through Christ's self-giving act of sacrificial love for us on the cross, what Romans 3 says is true of every one of us, that we are all separated from God, that we are all stuck without Christ, we are all stuck in our filthy, rotten, vile, wicked sin. Yes, that is bad news. But thanks be to God, there is good news. God is not against us. God is for us. For while we were yet sinners, 
God's Son, Jesus Christ, stretched out his arms of love on the hard wood of the cross. And in those moments, he endured all that hell and its demons and leaders could throw at him. And while he was on the cross, he actually endured the hot, white wrath of God, burning itself out on his chest for every sin that you and I have and will ever commit. And Jesus, being both fully God and fully man in unfailing love, destroyed our guilt and our bondage of sin. He dropped a Moab bomb, if you will, on our sin on our shame, on our brokenness, on our dirtiness. When he cried out, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Forgive them. That is the good news message of Good Friday. Forgiveness and cancellation of sin and being counted righteous in Christ by his death is good news. And so, friends, tonight, I just simply ask you, can you see him there on the cross tonight with his outstretched arms, begging his people to acknowledge the reality of their sin and to repent and turn to him? Will you come tonight and let his sacrificial blood be upon you to wash over you to make you clean before God. To declare you righteous in such a way that when God looks at you, he does not see your sin, but sees Christ himself. And sees you forgiven, clean, worthy, purified, beloved sons and daughters of God. In a few minutes, we're going to bring the cross out. And I just want to invite you and tell you that it's okay tonight to come as you are, to weep at the foot of the cross, to behold the awful reality of our sin, and to remember and just maybe sit with Jesus' sacrificial love down here tonight. And just let his love flow over you and his mercy and grace cleanse you. But friends, it's also a time to rejoice tonight with tears too. For the Lord has won victory for us on the cross. Because for our sake, he, that is God, made him, Jesus, to be sin who knew no sin. So that in him, Jesus Christ, we might become the righteousness of God. And now we, who were once far away, have been brought near to God by the blood of Christ. Yes, Christ, our Passover has been sacrificed once for all upon the cross for us. There's nothing else to do but to receive that gift. And beloved, yes, here on Good Friday, it is finished. In the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.